0: Welcome friends, on this podcast, we talk about a lot of things, mostly prayer, but also spiritual warfare, parenting adult kids, and a little bit about what it's like maybe to be a church lady in an increasingly post-Christian world. This is the place where I share interviews with people whose lives have greatly influenced mine. They are authors, ministry leaders, people who've experienced answers to their prayers, and some who are just as baffled as I am that God's ways are not the same as ours, but all of whom can gladly shout, no matter what you're facing, God's got this. I'm Leanne McCoy. I've written 19 books. I've been a pastor's wife for more than more years than I want to count. I want to say since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> I've served on church staff. I've served beyond church staff. I've spoken at numerous conferences and retreats, and uh, I love all of those things. I'm the mother of three, um, and plus some, uh, well, I guess I have an in-law right now, and maybe some more one day. I also am the grandmother of two, almost three, grandchildren, and um, Let's see, what else about me, hmm, I can't think, except that I'm incredibly passionate about prayer. I'm the founder of The Prayer Clinic Ministry, which is a dynamic ministry that can mobilize your church to pray. There's nothing more important that we could possibly be doing than praying, and I am passionate about getting God's people to pray. So today, I'm sharing a devotion that came to me during a recent trip to Israel. As a side note, if any of you are interested in traveling to Israel and would like to travel with my good husband and me, we plan to take a group next year, February 16th through 26, 2024. You can learn more about that trip on my website at leannmccoy.com. Today's podcast goes with this week. This is the week we call holy, the holy week where we think about what Jesus did prior to um, his crucifixion with his eyes set on what God's purpose and his plan was for his life and how he pointed his heart toward the cross. During Lent this year, I decided to read a daily devotion on social media From my book, Meet Me at the Manger and I'll Lead You to the Cross, A 100 Daily Devotions from Christmas to Easter for Women. I personally think it could be for men as well. But as a part of reading these devotions daily, that I have kind of kept up with that commitment, only missed a few days, I have thoroughly enjoyed walking through this week leading up to Easter and walking in the footsteps of the people who were part of Jesus's um, last days on earth. I, um, It is so good during this week to take some time to ponder and reflect and invite the Spirit to stir in your spirit just how significant the Holy Week truly is. So in this podcast today, the devotion that I'm sharing with you is called The Fragrance of Holy Anointing. One Sunday morning, a member of our prayer clinic team was at the altar. Our our prayer clinic team members actually serve at the altar in the church during the worship services to meet people and pray with them when there's an invitation for them to come to the altar for prayer. And on this particular Sunday, a lot of people came to the altar requesting prayer and our team members were given the privilege of praying over many of them. And when the service was over, Jeff came up to me and he said, don't you smell it? And I I was like, smell what? And he said, I'm just standing here enjoying the fragrance. I sense and smell the fragrance, the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, the fragrance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful aroma. If you've never experienced that, I hope that you do. To be in a place where the spirit is moving and people are responding and you just know that God's presence is active and you just about can smell it with your own nose. In fact, I've heard many people who literally do and Jeff was one of them. In the Old Testament, when kings were anointed, the fragrance of their anointing filled the place. People could smell the king coming before they could see him. And then long after he was gone, his fragrance was, would linger as he passed through their town. The scripture says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Think what life must have been like at Jesse's dinner table a couple of days after his youngest son, the least of these, was anointed to be the king. No doubt the fragrance of David's anointing continued to linger in their house. Everyone in that family was aware that like it or not, they were living now in the presence of their king. Now go with me to John chapter 12. I'm gonna read in verses one through three. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving them and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of fragrant oil pure and expensive nard anointed Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair so that the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Mary anointed Jesus's feet with oil. Can you imagine what happened the minute she broke that bottle of oil? Have you ever dropped a a bottle of perfume? The, the fragrance is overwhelming and many times you cannot get it out <laughs> of your clothes or of your room or of your house. And so when she broke that, that vase, that buzz open and poured it out, the fragrance had to just fill the place. No doubt the fragrance of his anointing continued to linger for days. The very next day, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, heralded as their king. I'm going to jump down to 12 and 13 in John chapter 12. The next day, when the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem they took palm branches and went out to meet him. They kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And so very familiar to the people who lived in that day, they were accustomed to smelling the coming of the King long before he arrived. And then also to continue smelling the, um, the wafting um, uh, remainder of the aroma as he walked past and went on by. And so the fragrance of his anointing just flowed through the crowd. Even before they could see him, they smelt that familiar scent of an anointed king. Hail to the king of Israel. Now consider this. Throughout the entire week, the fragrance of Jesus's anointing went with him wherever he went. Back and forth to Bethany, when he cursed the fig tree that didn't bear fruit, as he entered and exited the temple to the Mount of Olives, when he sat with his disciples at the cedar meal, the fragrance of his anointing continued on. Think about this. When Judas came up and kissed him on his cheek, he couldn't help but smell the anointing, the lingering anointing of Mary's perfume. As Jesus bent down to put Malchus's ear back on his head, Malchus had to have smelt the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And then when Jesus was brought into Annas's house, Annas, Who was really the power behind the puppet high priest, Caiaphas? Annas was the father in law of Caiaphas. And not only Annas, but all those who were waiting at Annas's house, the entire Sanhedrin, when Jesus was brought into that home, don't you know that everyone there smelt the undeniable fragrance of the anointed one? The same fragrance of a king. When Peter boldly followed close, but not too close, he most likely smelt just a little bit like Jesus, for he'd been hanging out so closely with Jesus ever since Mary poured that perfume on his feet. In fact, maybe Peter hung close to the charcoal fire, just hoping that the fragrance of the charcoal would cover up the fragrance. Of the perfume, because Peter was afraid for his own life. And then, when Jesus stood before Pilate, even Pilate most likely smelt the fragrance of his anointing oil. Perhaps that fragrance is what prompted him to try to find a way out of his prickly situation. Certainly, his wife smelt Jesus and knew that her husband should have nothing to do with his demise. The soldiers that mocked him and those who flogged him all walked away with the unique scent of Mary's perfume, lingering with the smell of pain and blood in their noses. Even the one who ended up with his robe no doubt lived for a very long time with just a hint of the fragrance of that perfume going with him wherever he went wearing Jesus's robe. Simon from Cyrene, he's actually the one that the devotion was on yesterday. Simon from Cyrene drew close enough to Jesus to smell a sweetness mingled with the smell of his sweat and his blood when he heaved the heavy crossbeam off Jesus's shoulders and took that load on himself. The soldiers who nailed Jesus to that beam also could smell something unusually sweet as they drove the nails into his hands and his feet. Perhaps the criminals to his right and to his left could also smell something better than death as they hung beside him on Golgotha's hill. Mary's anointing went with Jesus all the way to the grave. The king had come. And the fragrance of his anointing continued long after he was gone. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. I'm reading these out of the Amplified Version of the Bible. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere, the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter one, an aroma from death to death, a fatal, offensive odor, but to the other, an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. And who is adequate? And sufficiently qualified for these things. Hmm. When Jeff stood at the altar that Sunday morning and soaked in the fragrance of his anointing. I was reminded of that verse. And I thought about how when we spend time with Jesus, perhaps Mary's anointing seeps from heaven in a supernatural way right into us so that everywhere we go, both those who are being saved and those who are perishing cannot help but recognize and be affected by and smell the sweet aroma of the presence of a king. We are the unqualified yet chosen triumphal witnesses who spread the sweet aroma of Christ, which ascends to God and then goes out also to those around us. We spread it everywhere we go. My prayer for you this week, as you continue to um, reflect on what your eternal life cost your Savior, My prayer is that you recognize and understand how sweet this aroma is. And that no matter what's going on in your life, that you choose to worship him. Worship him because he's good. Worship him because he's God. Worship him because he knows. Worship him because he was willing to pay the price for us to get to have an intimacy with him that is so rich that the literal aroma of him pours in. And out through us. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. The fragrance of holy anointing. My prayer for you is that between now and Easter Sunday and these next few days that you take some time to bathe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can visit my Facebook author page to watch the devotions that I've shared from my book and feel free to check out today's show notes where I'll provide you a link to both my website and also to where you can purchase your copy of my little devotional book, meet me at the manger and I'll lead you to the cross. You don't want to miss next week's podcast. I am, I am so excited to be able to introduce you to, um, Uh, a friend and um, a colleague in the ministry of prayer and someone that I respect and have respected for many, many years. Dr. Chuck Lawless is the Dean of Doctoral Studies and Vice President of Spiritual Formation and Ministry Centers at Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And he and I have had a delightful conversation. And on the podcast next week, you're going to get to hear from him as we discuss how we win the battle to believe. But between now and then, my friends, I want you to have an Easter celebration that compares to none other. As we celebrate our risen Savior, who's alive, he is risen, he is risen indeed.